Thinking might be one of the most important things that separates us from all the other animals. So when you do it, do it hard. You're listening to the Thinking Hardly Podcast. Hello. 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 Hey. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing good, thank you. Get all the equipment set up. Yes, finally. Sorry about that. It's okay. You know, a couple more episodes and we'll be able to afford a full studio for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The sponsorships are rolling in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been checking my email. I haven't seen anything yet. I'm sure it's uh, stuck in the spam folder or something. Yeah, well, I'm going to get a Hyperloop going from here to the studio so that everything can be very safe, you know? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you hop in your Tesla and get in the drive over to the Hyperloop? Oh, no, 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 no. Not my car. No, no, no. It's just the one that's in the, the Hyperloop. Oh, I see. Of course. It's private. Right. The robots will do it. <laughs> How's everything going? How's Danica, Bobby? She's doing good. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I think they're maybe on their last legs over at the the school before they go to like all digital. She's avoided the virus, as they say here, the virus. Uh, yeah, let's hope. Yeah. It's, well, it's just over of, there. <laughs> kind of a mess. Tough on the kids, though, right? Tough on the school kids to go to go to the virtual thing. It's really pain. Yeah, I mean it. All technical problems aside, it's just like it is kind of too much to ask of kids. I think, especially like second and third grade kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got a few more months to go, at least. Maybe, maybe more like a half a year or something like that before everything gets, or maybe even longer. I don't know. By the time we get some forward motion but everybody gotta hang on it's gonna be a rough rough winter i think oh. <clears throat> how about you bill how are you doing i'm doing well thank you you know How's other the... than that kind of news sorry other than just thinking about that you know yeah yeah how's the art going it's going well thank you good good i can't wait to see the next round of stuff Nice, absolutely. <laughs> but I will. And I'm going to grab a box really quick. To okay. Put your mic on. Uh, you mean a professional mic stand is what he's getting? Yeah, no, no, that's that's probably what he's doing. <laughs> well, what do you think, Bobby? Anything interesting happened this week politically or in current events or anything? Anything you want to add to the... Uh, I wasn't paying enough attention. Not a boy. I yeah, I mean, I kind of saw like more stuff about uh, like Trump lawsuits and that kind of thing, but yeah, it seems like pretty uneventful. Yeah, well, it's kind of a dog show. I mean, it's hard to believe some of these. I watched part of a press conference with Giuliani and Sidney Powell and somebody else, and it's just like. It's like they have one line of – they have a set of stories that they use for the press conferences. And then when they get into court and have to, you know, have to actually 
swear that they're telling the truth or whatever they, I mean, I guess they're not allowed to lie to judges. I think that's a big problem. Well, and not everything changes. It's just bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. I think that the, the strategy is not really anything about the actually overturning the election. Well, let's get to I, I that. Think it's, I think it's just to sort of poison the result among people who trust him. What I mean, what do you think that's about? He's saying just to save face, or like, do you think that's gonna? Do you think the goal is to actually change the outcome? Well, I don't know. I think he's probably wants the goal or the the outcome change, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's. I guess I don't know um, what he actually wants, but I think this will weaken, you know, Democrats. That effort to just basically be like, oh yeah, any like result that they got that's like they won. It's not real. Um, yeah. You mean people on the right? Yeah. I mean, this just makes Same them a little bit the- more sort of reasonable. Doing this brings out a lot of the sort of stuff that people used to say, not, you know, on TV type stuff. What uh, do you mean? Well, just about voter fraud. Like, that's not a new thing that they've been talking about. I don't know. In, in like 2012 and 2008, people talked about that. Yeah. So yeah. it it just it brings it a little bit out more into the forefront. And um I think well, it's for, sure. for his benefit where it's like after this he can just say, Well, I didn't really lose. Yeah. Here so listen, there's uh somebody oh it's Don Lemon, CNN, not my favorite place to get news, but they had this clip that they interviewed Don Lemon was interviewing Anthony Scaramucci. He was the press secretary for, I think he was press secretary. He was something for Trump for like 36 hours or something. Here's what he said. This is Scaramucci talking about three things. He thinks there's three things that Trump's trying to accomplish with this, this all this crap. Uh, uh, the president's got three pieces to his end game right now. Raise money. Uh, they've got to continue to pay down debt and they need, they need money for their forward operations. And so in the footnotes, Uh, Please come and help me and raise money. Uh, Number two, um, he wants to see if he can flex and exert power in the Republican Party. He's practicing that right now with tweets about Governor DeWine in Ohio, and he's seeing if he can exert some pressure in Georgia. He wants to see if he has any political legs uh, after January 20th. And then the third reason is he's paralyzed with fear because he's got a whole host of investigations coming and he's got a ton of debt that he's got outstanding. And God only knows how much he's made from inside the administration. He may not be able to use the money that he's made from inside the administration to pay off that debt. So those are the three things that are going on right now. Mm. What do you what do you make of that? I mean, I didn't hear anything I explicitly disagreed with there. Um, no. I I do think that the... I don't know. Um, I mean, do you, do you think... Like, I get the point of making money. That makes sense. And, uh, you know, I, I guess... I, I'm not sure this is the right way to flex your muscle and see if you've got 
suction or whatever. I mean, it, it risks it risks turning off some people, I suppose. But maybe he's trying to figure out who's going to stick with him no matter what. I, I don't know. But I don't get the last point. I mean, I'm not sure. I get yeah. that he, if he stayed in, he could delay. Uh, you know, I mean, I understand he's afraid, but I, I don't know how any of this stuff actually saves him from anything. I mean, he's done. I mean, he's going to, he's going to, he's not going to be the president on the 20, you know, afternoon on the 20th. But that's, that's the thing is he's, you know, I don't know if he believes that. And even if, even if he had four more years, what's his plan to croak while he's in office to avoid avoid all this stuff? I guess. Yeah. Like that's the thing. I think there's a reason to believe he might actually be scared of that kind of stuff. I don't think he has any real reason to be scared. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I, I don't know. You would think that a guy that seems as savvy as him about this kind of like second set of rules that rich people get to live by yeah. would actually be like, oh, no, they're going to – I was the president and they're going to, you know, put me in jail after I get out of prison or out of, out of the presidency. Yeah. I, I don't think you're going to do that, dude. Yeah. yeah I mean, hard to believe that he believed it. I don't know. Just yeah. because it is like I agree you, you, with that. you see him smiling and, you know, shaking hands and palling around with like everybody, you know, Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, all these people. Well, what's he going to get convicted of that's going to put him in prison? There's nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the whole, the whole, you know, the whole <clears throat> toxic, all, all the meltdown in 2008, 2009, all of that business with the, you know, the, the toxic, um, debts, you know, the derivatives and all that financial crap. I mean, I think one person in the whole country went to jail. Everybody else had to pay some fines or, you know, whatever. I mean, everybody got off just pretty, except for, I mean, except for the, you know, the normal folks, the taxpayers, and then, you know, everybody else who was collateral damage. But I mean, he can't, what could, I mean, he could have to pay some money. He could, you know, look bad or whatever. But I, you know, I can't imagine he's losing too much sleep over that. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. Now that we're talking about, it, it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, no matter how you look at it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that was really the only thing I took issue with. Sorry. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, it kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. That uh, that part. I mean, I just don't. But I, I think it's important for people to think that that kind of stuff is possible. Because if you yeah, yeah. don't think it's possible, then really what, you know, you don't really have a legitimate government, right? Yeah, we don't have a justice system, that's for sure. Yeah. They definitely don't want to highlight the, you know, the kind of injustice there. The foregone conclusion of any sort of presidential trial after they get out, out of the, the presidency. That's the thing. It's like we had that. We already saw this happen. What do you mean? With Obama and and Bush, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ahead. We're not looking backward. That's yeah, very- we don't. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's not right. as if you know. It's not as if Biden has been running on that kind of thing. You know, he's been running on like a healing and all this stuff. So you know, I mean, that's that's code for this kind of thing. Totally, it's like you know, we're gonna put this all to bed. Yeah, I mean, the only stuff he's going to get ta- the stuff he's going to get tagged with is you know state level stuff, which is not he can't pardon himself out of it. Nobody else can pardon him out of it. But it doesn't. I mean, you know, so he so he cheated on his taxes. He's going to have to cough up some money. 
I mean, people don't go to jail over that. I mean, no, I don't know what, I, I don't know. People, okay. that like, people that are like, Oh, what is he going to not, you know, he's going to have to pay all this money. How's he going to do that after he's president? I don't know. Yeah. Have you seen anything that the pre- the post presidencies are like? <laughs> it's like a money waterfall. That's your entire <laughs> existence after you get out of the president. Yeah. It's, yeah. All right. It does seem like that, doesn't it? You talk for six hundred thousand bucks or something. I mean, it's yeah. like that's, and that's for the liberals. Well, you don't think yeah. they're going to pay Trump after this? That's yeah. so true. I mean, he's like they, I would imagine them being very interested in his ability to rile people up. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know, whatever whatever capacity that's in, you know, people talk about Trump TV a lot and everything, but I do, you know, I think it's like genuinely what he enjoys doing and what he gets like, you know, a rush out of. So I don't think, um, yeah, I think that's right. I think he's going to be, you know, a media figure in some, some regard, probably going to write a memoir or something. And then, uh, yeah, man, it's yeah, it, now that we're saying. Yeah, now that we're talking about it, it seems seems almost better if he had if he ran into some like significant legal troubles just to keep him, you know, keep the juice behind him. He's going to be like you too. He's going to be filling up, you know, stadiums with people with red hats and whatever else. Yeah, what an interesting time that'll be. Where it gets the the Republican <laughs> Party, and you know, such an optimist. Well, no, I mean, it's it's interesting yeah. to think about, you know, it's like all these people kind of, it's talked about like he's going to disappear after he, he goes out of the White House. And it's yeah. interesting to think like what role he'll fill in, you know, culture war kind of stuff and just, I guess, Republican Party if he, you know, m- maintains a level of power in that party where, you know, he can still... I don't know, be endorsing people and people will, you know, who knows, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's a weird time. Uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to pin down who said what uh, between the two of you and, but uh, through this process of talking to you guys, uh, I I have come to this, like, and I don't mean I've come to a conclusion before you guys did. I, I, I maybe have come along to where you're, where you are, it does like I'm not sure facts matter that much anymore, or even logical argument. You just need like a a headline, a little like a something to tweet or to put on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't seem like any of this stuff. You know, Ron was asking like how how, how do, like why why I don't understand why are people you know why are people like still supporting him when he's doing this stuff? It doesn't you know there's there's no there's no hope there's no there's no sense behind this like it has why are, and I, I said you know I've been talking to the boys and you know Bobby said basically why put up with the pretense I mean why go through the effort of trying to construct something that looks like a fact or construct something that looks like a rational argument if the supporters are going to, you know, go for it. Like, why would you spend any effort on that stuff? It just needs to be like, you know, Bigfoot and UFOs and, But it's you know. not even just yeah. that. It's, it's, I mean, I think the problem is that, like, the reason that this all works is because everyone, you know, tells you, Oh, no, this is how the system works. And it makes everything better for everybody. And there's a hole in that, which is that everyone's life is getting worse. Yeah. 
And yeah. so people naturally start to look for an explanation of why that hole exists in their worldview. And yeah. that opens a, you know, that opens the door for someone like Donald Trump to be like, yes, what you're thinking is right. You're not crazy. You know, these people hate yeah. you. Like that kind of stuff, which is absolutely true. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where you pick your team. And, you, you know, those people, they feel like Trump at least cares about them. Yeah. That might not be true, but I mean, like, what do you, what are the Democrats going to say to those people? Uh, well, I mean, we, you know, we really care about you. Like, yeah. What are they well, Trump doesn't have that kind of track record that the Democrats have. I mean, you look back and say, what did you actually do for me? It's more of a goose egg than, I mean, you know, Trump, it, as an outsider, Trump doesn't have the, the baggage. So he can say, I'm going to drain the swamp and I'm going to do whatever. I mean, I well, guess that's right. I think the thing is that, like, correctly identifying issues is a large part of what makes someone a good candidate. That's why Bernie regardless so well. regardless of whether they have a solution is that what you mean yeah and th that's the thing it's like with Bernie Sanders it's almost more important that he correctly understands the issues that are facing us than the solution you know the likelihood of his solutions getting enacted like while he's in office it's sometimes it's beneficial to have someone that you know has your same perspective even if you don't know if they're going to do it. That's so and true. That's why I, I feel like a lot of, you know, I mean, if you talk to Trump supporters back then, a lot of them felt like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I think of things like an engineer because that's the way I'm trained. And so I'm always looking for, okay, so, you know, what's the solution and what's the, like, what what's the, how is the system behaving? What are the main fundamental, you know, sort of forces and principles? And then, you know, how could you, like, mute one, do this, you know, whatever. But there's a psychology part of it, which is just like, you know, this guy gets me or this gal gets me, whatever it is. And then from then on, you're willing to, I guess, suspend disbelief and, you know, give, give people a pass in terms of the evidence. I don't know. I mean, who knows? This is just the, the, the three points are just Scaramoochie. I mean, it's only Scaramoochie. I don't know why we shouldn't get too worried yeah, yeah. About, right. about, about him. I do. Th I think, though, that's a really interesting thing you bring up about the um, like engineer mindset because I think I don't know. I think how this stuff works is um, I think that the reason that this is like that we're in a situation where you see, you know, like reasonably smart people saying stuff that doesn't make any sense if you like zoom out far enough is mm -hmm. because they've gotten really good at capturing or or making creating a situation in which if you look at it from an engineering perspective, the only thing to do, the best thing to do unless you're looking at it from a big enough picture is to vote democrat. You know, like that's like the thing that you that you should be doing because that's like, well, every other road has been closed to us, so I guess this is the only thing I can do. Mm. That that's like a pragmatic approach from a certain perspective, you know, and and I think that's been the in terms of like the how the right has a lot like a huge project to, you know, create this like 
auxiliary sort of support system and, you know, challenge the, like change the courts and all this kind of stuff. The Democrats grand plan has basically been to make it so that there is no possibility of better and there's no alternative. Like basically, so it's, it's, I guess it's two pronged because they also need to not like leave you feeling so hopeless that like you just burn out. So it's like things aren't that bad. They could be worse. And the only thing you can do is vote Democrat. Yeah. And making that be something that like reasonable people will try to make the case to you about. Billy, you're an artist, right? Right. Yeah, correct. <laughs> it's not like you're in court. <laughs> Please respond. Yes or no. Uh, so the, the kind of the way I'm thinking of listening to Bobby talk about this is, you know how you have a like a landscape and you have like a, let's say, rolling hills. Okay, so you have a, a smaller hill and then a bigger hill after that. Okay, so it's this kind of a like a little a little hump and then it goes up and then down and then it goes up even higher and then down. Right. Okay. So it seems to me like we're like right around the top of that little hill. So anyway, this is what I'm thinking, Bobby. So if you're if you're an engineer or you're, you know, you voting Democrat would be like aiming towards the top of that little hill, right? The only thing you can do if you don't want to go down is to go to the top of that little hill. The problem is that little hill is not nearly as good or nearly as high as the big hill. And the only way you can get to the big hill is by going down, moving away from what looks like a local maximum. There's a global maximum that's, you know, somewhere else. And, And I think Bobby, maybe the implication, if that's the right frame, the implication is if you really want to fix things, you got to walk away from something that looks better than the other options, at least in the near term. In the immediate, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I think if, like like Bobby's saying, there's, um, you know, they've got leverage in this situation because it's very hard for third parties to, you know, thrive um, because of like all the kind of, uh, you know, what it takes to get ballots and everything like that. Um, and all the kind of structures that are, are built around just having a two party system. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, because of those reasons, it really is like, you know, what are your options? Or like, like Bobby's saying, so, you know, you, you question whether it would be worth, doing the hard long work that would be of going down and then going back up yeah, hiking down the hill and then hiking up a hill really give a third party a try which you know it's been for for the length of my life it's been well you know third parties never win you know the third parties is a wasted vote and so it doesn't seem like there's been a really unified push by a large group for a third party kind of success. Um, I don't know, maybe culturally, I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it is going to be hard for sure. Like all those reasons are good reasons to, you know, just to not feel too confident about third party, but it's like, you know, I don't know. It, enough is enough at some point. 
And like yeah. what I'm saying is it really is, it feels like, you know, explicitly like, you know, you have nowhere else to go. This is your, your best option and we're in charge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in the past things have, well, I don't know. We don't, we keep talking about, I keep saying the same thing cause I keep thinking the same thing, but you know, that one way that you get around that is that the hill, the little hill collapses, you know, and then you're at the bottom no matter what. And you have to, you know, then, you, then it's like, well, we've got to embrace this bigger yeah. thing, which is tough, which, you know, which is a big, a big climb, but it's the only, you know, it's really, you, you remove the, you remove the comfort of this sort of local, you know, kind of what, you know, whatever. Uh, let me, I looked at the New York times exit polls from 2016 and 2020 and a few things popped out. I don't know if they're going to be surprising to you guys or not, but can, let me share them with you. And then just as, you know, just as sort of a tickle things. And if something comes up, that's fine. If nothing, then we'll just move on to the quiz part of the podcast. Okay. Right on. All right. So, there's maybe one, two, three, four-ish kind of things, and I, it, I, I, the, the takeaway from me, just as the like the preview, is that this is not that great for the Democrats. The results, okay? So, and this is just the presidential polls. Okay, so participation of older voters, sixty-five and up, jumped from fifteen to twenty-two percent. Okay, that was one of the biggest shifts in terms of demographics. In the from sixteen to twenty, from sorry, twenty sixteen to twenty twenty, got it. Mm-hmm. But it came that came with only a modest increase in support for the Democratic candidate. So, in in twenty sixteen, forty five percent of that age group supported Hillary, and in twenty twenty, forty seven percent supported Hillary. So a slight shift, but not not humongous. Okay, that's one observation. Second observation, Republican representation, that is the fraction of the voters that were Republican, increased from 33% to 36%. Mm. Democrats stayed flat at 37%. And independents actually dropped from 31% to 26%. The numbers don't quite work out because of rounding. Okay. So, So it looks like the Republican turnout was better. I mean, everybody got everybody got more people out, but on a fractional basis, the Republicans increased and the and the independents actually dropped as a percentage basis. Yeah. Okay. That's set. That said, the independent support for Trump dropped from forty eight percent to forty one percent, and their support for the Democratic candidate leapt significantly from forty two to fifty four. So even though the independents dropped as a, on a fractional basis, the fact that they were there was a huge a huge blow to Trump. Right. Yeah. So he, he dropped seven percent. Sorry? They're it's old people. All old people, yeah. That's the reason for all those things that you said, I think. Well, it could be, but the old people voted the old the, that group, the independent or you're saying it's the old people, not the independents necessarily. Or old independents. Yeah, Is that what yeah. you're saying? It, the combination it, yeah. Shift everything like all the data sets that you're talking about to old people. And I think that's what you'll see. That like it's a more hard fought battle between like, like if you were looking at polls, Bernie won independence versus Trump by a large margin. Um, Biden, I think wins independence versus Trump on a smaller margin. But if you make it all old people, old people yeah. for Biden to Trump, but on like, you know, like if you were, 
Biden's like the best candidate for old people the Democrats had. And so I think that was their strategy was getting that's people it. out to vote. You're saying that's the big the big driver, the big knob that the Democrats turned was the was that 15 to 22 percent jump. That first thing that I mentioned, the the fraction of voters who are old, you say old by you mean that 65 and older. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe even like 40 and 45 and up. Um, OK. But, older half or whatever. Yeah, but 55 and up, that's like the most extreme end of the tail or whatever. Thank you for saying that. Right. <laughs> I got a couple more years, but not many. Uh, okay, so Biden Biden did far better and Trump worse with white voters. Okay, middle class voters and white evangelicals. Believe that, or, believe it or not. So, um, white voters, their support for Biden went up from thirty seven percent to well, sorry, their support for the Democrat went from thirty seven percent to forty one percent. Middle class voters. So from Clinton to Biden went from 46 to 57. That's 11 points, pretty big. Yeah, wow. And even and even white evangelical born-agains, 16% of them supported Clinton and 24% supported Biden. Okay, so now you're talking about older people, white people, middle-class people, all that kind of stuff. That's where the big push was for Biden over Clinton. That's really what I'm saying. You know, if you took Clinton as the starting point, the push yes. for Biden yeah. came among the, that group. Black support for Trump rose from 8 to 12 percent. Latino support for Trump rose from 29 percent to 32 percent. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So, so the takeaway there, Bob, you think is older people and sort of middle class, bread, you know, white bread and butter, that group leaned for Biden. That's who they were going for. Yeah. And I think another large part of it is that Biden made basically no effort to reach out to anyone but the older white voters. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, especially with Latinos, had terrible outreach. I mean, they were like, people were fretting about this days before the election. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, he didn't uniquely bad among Latino voter, like, areas and we talked about miami dade like on the day um but i mean i think that's the same effect there's hundreds of clips of biden saying terrible you know things that make no sense for a democratic candidate for president to say and uh i don't know i mean i think it just it comes across as bad because like it's clear that they were not putting in any real effort with those groups. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you got to wonder what the, I mean, what he was really doing was not doing anything most of the time. I mean, yeah. he was trying not to, he was trying to demonstrate he wasn't going to get infected. He was trying to, I think he was trying to underscore the, you know, the lousy public health response of Trump or pin it on him. I mean, I think Trump deserves a lot of the blame for the, the for the for the public health part of it. I, I understand what you've been saying. I am now I'm like super sensitive. The federal response is not just the public health stuff. It's the, you know, it's actually taking care of people financially who through no fault of their own are on teetering on the edge of devastation, financial devastation. 
Um, so I think he was just being not Trump, and the easiest way for him to be not Trump and not make any gaffes, it was just to be quiet. It's, yeah. it's interesting, especially because, like, the one of the biggest kind of motivators here seems like um, being able to go back to not thinking about the president every day. And that's interesting that that kind of ended up being the campaign strategy is stay out, don't rock the boat, stay out of the news, you know, like that. I, no. I wonder how much that is like, oh, we didn't, you know, we don't really have to think about Biden. I mean, I, I really wonder. I, I know they were keeping him there, you know, well, trying to keep him out of the public eye because he's got so many kind of gaffes or, you know, mistakes that he makes. Um, and, yeah, that probably helped him a lot in comparison to Trump. Just be like, this is this guy that's not going to make any trouble. There's no, you know, there's no kind of crazy sensational stories coming up, coming out about him, you know. Um it's very, it's very interesting how that shook out. Yeah. I mean, I think he really was. I, I, my take on this, and I've already said this, my take on this is this was a vote against Trump and yeah. for the most part, the pandemic. If if Trump had done a decent job on the public health side or if the pandemic hadn't happened, Trump would be the, you know, he'd been you know, well into his way of you know, his second term. And so if that's the issue, really all the Democratic candidate needed to do was just not be Trump. And Biden is not Trump. I mean, Biden doesn't have to do anything to prove he's not Trump. Yeah, he's the kind of the antithesis of Trump, and not on all dimensions, but on many dimensions: insider, you know, player, connected. I mean, politically connected. You know, calm. Not Bob. He, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, mean I think part of the the this is my fear. Really, is that this is sort of the beginning it and it may be because of coronavirus but i kind of wonder if this is like an attempt to kind of shift things because you know the people that like the the democrats don't want to be active in the political process now are like the younger the more politically active um, because they don't want to rock the boat, like oh gosh, no, it, th- that's the thing. I'm like, I'm wondering if that this is if Biden the the selection of Biden by the establishment was sort of like a, a opening move and like a oh crap, we we aren't going to be able to get these people now. We need to start winning older people, and basically trying to wash everyone below a certain income level out of the political process entirely. It, it, like, I don't know. It's hard because I think ideally that's what they would like is like only the people that are reliable voters and stuff like that. It's all um, the older people who have enough money that they can just focus on politics. Yeah, I mean, and that's the people that this this I'm not Trump. You're not going to have to worry about the politics on TV anymore. That's who that appeals to. Yeah, yeah, that's the true. That does seem like. uh, I mean, and that that goes for a lot of people who are, I guess, reliable voters, but not um, politically that active or something where they don't 
they'll watch the news or whatever, but they're, you know, it's not like they're political kind of hobbyists or whatever you want to say. Um, but I mean, that is a great point. I mean, I think that's probably very appealing, especially, you know, the, the pandemic on top of Trump presidency, it really is like, I can imagine there's a lot of people who just want to be like, I want to go back to a time where I didn't have to worry about stuff. And yeah, yeah, I mean, that is a powerful motivator in this time. I mean, we can yeah. only hope that through the boring kind of, I don't know, the, the routine of, of Biden's presidency, then that won't be so appealing. Um, where it's not just, you know, riding above all these other kind of needs and immediate kind of issues that people are facing. That's, that's kind of the reason I said that is because I think as things continue to not get better under Biden, you're going to lose access to a lot of those people who used to be sure Democrat voters. And so that's why I'm like, I'm kind of obsessing over this right now is like, is Biden being the president, is that like the first step in sort of basically being like, okay, well, they're not going to like this next four years. So let's, you know, the, the next plan is, or the next sort of step of this is to, you know, like sort of solidify the D, I don't know de-emphasizing these like, you know, black voters and, and young voters and, and things like that. Um, except in places where they're useful to you, like, you know, in the primaries. Yeah. You know. God. The p- part of the problem is that the part of the pro- big part of the problem is that people get spun up around the elections and then they don't, they're not, and I'm included in this and, you know, not as active and, you know, I mean, in terms of activism, they're, you know, like get spun up around the, the show. And then when, when the grind comes, you kind of like fade, fade back or whatever. But oh, I don't know. At some point you get some point, those people, the problem is it's every four years, right? Or every two years or something like that. And people's, people's memories are not that, you know. I mean, Trump proved that you just don't, you know, it's like every week is like a, a brand new year. You've forgotten exactly what you were upset about last week. So I, I you know, I, the question is whether African-American, black Americans and Hispanic Americans and minorities and women and, you know, people with different orientations and, you know, the people on the barred poor people, whether they're going to, you know, whether they're going to walk down that little hill and say, screw you, you, you know, you've, you let me down too many times and I'm going to walk up this other, I'm going to walk up this other hill, but that's like a whole movement and people have to do it all at the same time. And they have to really be willing to take it on the chin for a while. And I mean, it doesn't seem likely. I mean, I, this, I'm, I'm getting this sinking feeling now every week that we talk that the most likely, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's likely. I'm just saying the most likely way that you see, Profound change is through a catastrophe, some sort of major, you know, whether whether it's a, a, a big natural disaster or a, a financial, I mean, economic meltdown yeah. or a revolution or something like that that just annihilates the status quo and you're not left with anything. I mean, you're, you're the status quo is no longer acceptable. I just don't see how you. I don't know. I mean, 
I mean, things work pretty well for most of, for most people right now. That's the problem. There's just a yeah, huge, well enough. It's like a, yeah, there's a huge chunk yeah. of people on the on the bottom that it doesn't work well for at all. I mean, it just doesn't work well. But you know, even healthcare. I mean, most people are like healthcare is a real problem. I mean, for me, it's okay. I mean, I wish I didn't have to pay so much and blah blah blah. But you know, it's not until you get like thirty percent, forty percent, something like that, with people with with some real you know oomph behind them saying, I can't, like, this is wrong. I can't do this anymore. This, And that's not where things are right now. Well, it's interesting to see, like, the, I don't know, I mean, it's interesting to see the the Trump approach of kind of downplaying the, the coronavirus numbers and everything and being, well, these are, you know, people who would be sick anyway. These are blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it really makes me wonder if it, you know, if we have future pandemics and stuff like that, if that's going to be the move for these very kind of economy focused, you know, people who aren't very concerned with public health. Um, it's it just very interesting to see. It's almost like Trump was like a guinea pig and that he was able to get away with a lot that other people either couldn't or weren't confident enough to try what he did. And, uh, I'm just interested to see what sticks, like what what carries over to other Republican presidents and even oh. Democrats. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm. Anything else? <laughs> you ready to play I'm the open. game? Yeah. Now I'm, re- I'm, like, I'm ready. I'm thinking. I'm thinking we need a good old revolution or something. You know, like a real revolution. But I'm not sure that's the right. Yeah. Yeah, not right thing to say on the podcast. No, I'm not sure it's the right thing. You know, I'm just it's a theory. I just I didn't say it was likely or even desirable. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people hurting, and and it's clear to your point, Bobby. There's no there's no shortage of hatred. If you look at if you actually look at what's been done, the people don't care. I mean, the people in Congress don't don't actually care. They care about getting support when they need it, and then you know. That, that, that's that's crushing to me, but you know I got to then I got to do something about it. So, what I'm going to do right now is that's right. You know what that you know what that theme song means. It's time for mm, that tastes a little gamey. It's the game show portion Woo-hoo. of the podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there they are. <laughs> That's a very polite applause. <laughs> it sounds like somebody's holding up an applaud now sign. Yeah, that's how they do it. That's for yeah, a little exactly. bit of uh, Hollywood magic for you there, Dad. Yeah. That's All actually right. how they do it. Right. Uh, okay. We've got – we got I've, – I've taken a different approach to today's game. I went back and looked at some of the names of our previous episodes in the podcast, and one of them is uh, – what did I – oh, chicanery is so dictatory, okay? <laughs> or is kind of dictatory. Okay, so here this, – this week we have questions about chicanery. People named Richard. That's the dick part. Potatoes. That's the tatery part. And dictators. You got it? Okay. <laughs> Chicanery, dicks, potatoes, and dictators. Those are your those are your uh, topics. Some of these have four questions. Some of them have two questions. And I do have a tiebreaker. Okay, last week we were tied. 
I think it was tied up last yeah. week. Although I right. messed up this, I messed up the score. Bobby, you're going to go first this time because Billy, you went last last time. Would you like to pick a category, Bob? The categories are chicanery, people named Richard or Dick, potatoes, and dictators. <laughs> Would you like to go straight to the tiebreaker question? <laughs> Let's do chicanery. Chicanery. Okay. True or false? The word, I'm going to hang on. I'm going to get a scorecard here. Bob. Very, it's very official. Yeah. I'll try to do this right. <laughs> I'll try to keep you two straight. Okay. True or false? The word chicanery and the place name Chicago come from the same root word. True or false? Hmm. I'm going to say false because I thought Chicago was a like a Native American name. You're correct. Yeah. The word Chicago uh, comes from a Native American word for skunk or onion. I guess it was smelly there. And yeah, yeah. Uh, chicanery comes from a French word meaning to quibble. Okay, that's one point for Bobby. Billy, your question uh, on chicanery. You wanna, you, yeah, let's stick with chicanery. We'll do it. We'll do it. I'm, I'm we'll do it. For chicanery. Okay. True I'm or false? Little chicanery. <laughs> <laughs> you always were. True or false? <laughs> The word Chicano comes from the word chicanery. No. It's a false? Is that what you're saying? False, yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's one apiece. Chica- uh, Chicano comes is a deriv- most likely a derivative of the word Mexicano. Okay? Mm, okay. <clears throat> there you go. All right, Bobby. No, Billy, your category. Dicks? Dictators, dictators. Is that one category? Those are three categories. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, People named Richard. Taters, like potatoes, <laughs> and dictators. I have a feeling I'm going to be terrible with the names one. Um, let's do taters. Taters. Okay. Within three pounds, either way, What's the per capita annual consumption of potatoes in the United States? Mm-hmm. That's that's the amount Average. of potatoes in pounds per person each year. Per person. Uh, nah, you know, I'm going to say 12. That's probably low. I don't know for America. You want to tr- pick another one? No, I mean, I get, that's not fair. Right? With that one? 12? No, the answer is 33. Yeah, yeah. Wow. 33 pounds. Can you imagine? That's a lot of potatoes. I can do, I can eat 33 pounds. Yeah, it's a little low. Okay, Bobby. From what South American country did potatoes originate? Huh. Mm. It's an open this some of these are tough because I just give you an open-ended question. This is an yeah. open-ended question. I don't know. Um mm-hmm. hmm. I'm trying to think of if this is like covered in any like ancient mm-hmm. Spanish. I'm I'm just gonna say Peru. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey. That's yeah, incredible. Very nice. That's amazing. Yeah. So they they I can't remember how it went, but it went from like Peru to the to Europe and then back to the US or something like that. It was a bank shot to get the potatoes. But we like our potatoes. Okay. Uh Bobby, your category. 
We still have two questions left in Taters. We have four questions in Dick, people named Richard, and two questions in Dictators. Okay, let's do Dictators. Okay, Dictators. A dictator is a political leader who wields absolute power. Did the term originate among the Romans or the Greeks? Hmm. It's tied one-to-one. Yeah. I guess I think it's the Romans. You're right. Very nice. The word originated as a title of a magistrate in the Roman Republic appointed by the Senate to rule the Republic in times of emergency. Okay. Hey, wait, I should have – that's that's three for me. Okay, three for you. Sorry. <laughs> is that right? No, boy, yeah. I'm really doing – oh, that's – yeah, you got Peru, right? Yeah. Peru is yeah. number two and uh, dictator number three. Okay, it's three to one, Billy. Here you go, dictators. The Dictator is a political satire comedy – film co-written by and starring Sasha Baron Cohen as his fourth feature film in a leading role. Was The Dictator released in 2012 or 2013? Um, 2013. Sorry, it was 2012. Okay. uh, I think, Billy, your pick. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, the the sections I, I can see you guys are avoiding dicks. Yeah, let's let's do dicks. Dictators are dicks. Okay, here we go. Dick Cheney was the Secretary of Defense under George H. W. Bush and Vice President under George W. Bush. How did Cheney get selected by W. to be his running mate? A. Cheney headed up the Vice Presidential Selection Committee for W. Cheney, B, Cheney had compromising information on W's father. C, Cheney threatened to take W hunting and shoot him in the face if he wasn't selected as VP. Uh, uh, you want those answers again? No. Uh, is it A? Oh, bravo, Bill. Okay. Billy gets a point. It's now <laughs> two points for Billy, three points for Bob. And Bobby, the question goes to you now. In addition to shooting a hunting companion in the face, Dick Cheney was hugely unpopular as vice president. Within 5% in either direction, what was his favorability rating when he left the White House? Oh, when he left the White House. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last time he left, I mean, the last time he left the White House, not every time he left the White House. Uh, I'm going to say like 33%. His favorability rating when he left the White House was 13%. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, it's still still three to two. Billy, your choices are potatoes or people named Dick? Um, Potatoes. Potatoes. Okay. Here we go. The Italian word for tomato is pomodoro which is an Italianization of the French word for apple, palm, and the Italian word for of gold, d'oro, d'apostrophe-o-r-o, pomodoro. Got it? Got it. The French use the word palm or apple to describe potatoes. What do they call them? A, pomme du terre, earth apple, pomme blanc, white apple, or pomme triste, sad apple. Pomme du terre, 
palm blanc, palm triste. I think it's palm triste. I made that up. Really? It's palm, wow. it's palm, de, palm du terre. It's the, it's the <laughs> earth apple. First guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. Still three to two for Bobby. And cross this one off. Bob, here's your tater question. You ready? Mm-hmm. France and what country have an ongoing dispute over who originated French fries, also known as pommes frites? A, the United States. B, Netherlands. C, Belgium. Oh, man. It's either us or Belgium. I th- I think this is, this is such an education. This is such an educational show. It is. You know? I'm going to say Belgium. You're right, Belgium. Okay, four to two, Billy. Yeah, this is a World War II thing, right? It's the I I don't know. I think, it's like no, I think that's right. I, Americans I think that like was... thought they were in France or something when they were. <laughs> I yeah, think that's right. They... Wow. You know what? I'm going to give Billy a point just for that. Mm, okay, whatever. I mean, four to three. You guys are so competitive. Okay. I'm not uh, really like a. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. This must be Bobby's turn, right? Mm-hmm. Bobby, your turn. Here you go. Richard Milhouse Nixon. This is in the Dicks category. Richard Milhouse Nixon was the 37th president of the United States, serving from 1969 until he resigned under the threat of being impeached over the Watergate fiasco. In 1974. Earlier in his career, however, he ran as vice president with Dwight Eisenhower. During that campaign, questions arose about gifts Nixon had received. To reassure the voting public, he argued on television that he was a man of little means, and besides, returning all the gifts would mean giving back a puppy that was a gift from supporters to his daughter Trish. What was the dog's name? A. Scooby Doo. B. Checkers, C, Peanut. Sorry, will you will you go through that again? Richard, you want me to go through the whole thing again? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Richard Milhouse Nixon was the 37th president of the United States, serving from 1969 until he resigned under threat of being impeached over the Watergate fiasco. Earlier in his career, however, he was the vice president running with Dwight Eisenhower. During that campaign, questions arose about the gifts Nixon had received. To reassure the voting public, he argued on television that he was a man of little means, and besides, returning all the gifts would mean giving back a puppy that was a gift from supporter to his daughter, Trish. What was the dog's name? A, Scooby-Doo. B, Checkers. C, Peanut. Damn. Uh, I feel like it was Checkers. Are you thinking this through, or you want that to be your answer? No, let's just make that my answer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Bill. That's going to be tough. It's five to three and only one question left. Here you I'm go. Really, I'm really surprised you weren't sure on that one, dude. Did you know that, Bill? Checkers one. Yeah, I mean, that one's like I thought, for whatever reason, I thought that was like. Yeah, that was called the checker speech, That tell, that the talk that he gave on TV. They, people were concerned that he was getting money. He was using some of the money for his personal campaign expense. I mean, his like personal expenses while he was campaigning, and Dwight Eisenhower didn't like that, so he gave he gave Nixon the chance to go on TV and and explain himself. The classic, Hello, right? Puppy. 
yeah, said, this is a gift to my daughter and I'm not giving it back. You guys can, you know, I, I'll, I'll step down if you don't want me to be your vice president, but don't take the puppy away from my daughter, Trish. And he did. It succeeded. He was fine. Yeah. Everybody thought he was, a, you know, that's, that's a good move. That's a good move. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe Trump should do that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, maybe the, the, no, no, policy yeah. in the White House. You ever see that? The I'm whole surprised. Thing, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Trump is very, he's not. At the end of the day, he I think he buys all of his own bullshit. You know? Like he's not buying a dog because he doesn't want a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Well maybe that's the maybe that's the twenty first century version of the dog. Maybe that's like, I don't want a dog. You guys know what a dog's like, you know? I'm not gonna take the dog for a walk. I don't even I don't even walk to golf. I get in a cart. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's his checker speech. Okay, Billy, here's your chance. It's a five to three. I'll give you two points if you get this right. You ready? <laughs> Why? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to create some tension here. Some, some oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, you want to quit right now? Not on this question. Here you go. <laughs> Dick Scobie, this is the last question in the Dick category. Dick Scobie was the commander of the Space Shuttle Challenger. <clears throat> Excuse me, which exploded during its launch phase in 1986. He also is a cousin of yours. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah, is he your 11th cousin, your 13th cousin, or your eighth cousin? <laughs> eighth. He's your 13th cousin. Ice removed. You're also the eighth cousin, one time removed of Buzz Aldrin, the second person to walk on the face of the moon, and the tenth cousin, five times removed, of Neil Armstrong, the first person to walk on the moon. Can you believe it? I like that one because that one was just purely guessing. Yeah. Not a single How exactly does that work? What do you mean, how does it work? Yeah, I would just like to see the the, how... how Is it like a cousin of a cousin of a cousin? Like uh, what, your is, seventh, so what is so a thirteenth cousin? Yeah. <laughs> so let's just think about this. Your first cousin would be like Kyle and Katie, right? So you have a parent who are brother and sister, right? So yeah. my sister, my sister is your aunt. Her offspring is your first cousin. So now, uh, now Kyle and Sarah have had kids. They're right? second cousins. No, they're your first cousin once removed. Were oh, either right. of you, if you were to have a child, the, your your child and their children would be second cousins. You right. Yeah, yeah. You they're second cousins. It's once removed if you're off by a you know off by a level. What about so, your wait? Your great uncle, great aunt, their their offspring. What is that to you? Those are cousins, but they're, they're still they're, cousins. They're uh, one, two cousins. I guess that's second, second cousin. So they are second cousins. Oh wait, no, third. Wait, <laughs> that's your third cousin, I think. Your grandfather's sibling, your grandmother's sibling's children would be your second cousins. Your great grandmother would be your third cousins. So do that thirteen times. You get you get how wow. it works, right? It's how many times yeah, you have yeah, to go yeah. up. You go up to come back down the other side of the tree, basically. Right. Yeah. Okay. Here's the tiebreaker question. Even though there's no tie. <laughs> I was gonna say. Oh my gosh. I didn't. Oh no, here it is. Uh, okay. According to relativefinder.com, which is what I used to figure out who, who we're related to, we're related to all kinds of people, but you know, it's like aunt cousin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How, many, 
to how many astronauts are we related? Bill, you answer. No, Bobby, you answer. And I'll tell Billy if that's too high or too low. <laughs> okay, okay. How many, how many astronauts? astronauts? Uh, two, yeah, are we related to? I'm going to say six. Okay, that's wrong. Let me get the... It's higher than that, Billy. Um, Twelve. Wrong. It's higher than that, Bobby. Wow. Wait, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So like 23. Oh, hang on. Billy, it's lower than that 23. 18. It's higher than 18. <laughs> Just tell us. <laughs> 22. You're related to 22 oh. astronauts. There you go. Wow. That's it. That's been mm, that's a special edition. Of, what was the threshold? Mm, for... <laughs> that what was, was the, the threshold? Sorry? Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, oh. What was the threshold for, you know, nth number of cousins? Oh, I think uh, I, I think at some point they, they you can't go back far enough, right? <laughs> yeah, just uh, fifty. You know what cousin, the number was? No longer your cousin. You know what I mean? No, no, no. It's uh, I don't guess. I, I, well, no. I mean, if you go back far enough, there are no more records, right? So there's a limit to how many how many generations you can go back. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you the pictures. We're related to George to W. Bush. He's like a seventh cousin or fifth cousin, something like that. And Anne Boleyn, the second wife of Henry VIII. Wow. <laughs> I just anesthetized my son. <laughs> From a distance. <laughs> that's fantastic. I mean, it, that pretty much just means we're white, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, actually... Good point. I looked at the list, and you're right. We are white. <laughs> as white as they get. That's funny. <laughs> All right, guys. What are you doing today? I don't know. Might go back over to Danica's. Um, okay. I need to do laundry, actually. Well, if you stay home and do your laundry, you don't need to wear a mask. But if you go over to Danica's, you know, mask up. Oh, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Billy, what are you doing? Um, probably doing some more on 3D, doing some, I don't know. Right. Out, maybe walk around a little bit. Yeah, get some fresh air. Yeah, it's, not, it's not too cold today. Okay. Well, good. All right, guys. Well, I'm glad that we ended on the, the game show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really really. I went from, I went from uh, we need a revolution to, uh, oh, yeah, we're all white. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, boys. I'm super proud of both of you. I love talking to you. It's always great to talk to you. Uh, thank you, Dad. That's really great. Okay, say hi to Danica for me, Bob. I will. Send, send her our best. You guys stay safe. Thank you. And um, we'll talk on Tuesday, okay? All right. Sounds good. All right. Awesome. All right. All right. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.